we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm Square Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. And just like every woman I've ever loved, you're all about to be very disappointed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, I'm not disappointed in you. Do you love me? No, I mean, <laughs> look, you don't, you don't love me. You really going to do that to me? You do. I'm being my mom right now. So you don't love me, huh? God damn it. You never cared about me. No, I never did. Put on a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, you know what I'm saying. Oh God. You know, so we're all, okay. you know, the self-deprecating joke I'm trying to I make do. here. I'm ready to be disappointed. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm ready to be massively, massively disappointed. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Well, what sort of character would be the ultimate expression of everything we've covered on the Nonsense Bazaar so far? The gestalt of all the silly and sinister bullshit we've covered. How about an army psychological operations officer turned Satanist turned edgelord goth magician with a nerdy ass obsession with Egypt, whose autobiography is just a series of vignettes about his favorite cars, and who wrote a book called Mind War, which is a manual for conducting a new kind of warfare, and which is incredibly disappointed. If you're coming at it hoping that it's what we all hope it is. Right. You know, like this is going to be the big confession. Right, right, right. No, what's psychological warfare secrets. (laughs) What's really going on? Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't end up being that. It's very interesting in its own right. Very interesting in its own right. Today, we're looking at the eyebrows himself. Yeah. Michael Aquino and his concept of mind war. What it is, what I thought it was. What we can learn, if anything, from it, and maybe what we can learn about one of the most elusive and odd characters in the weird pantheon. Yeah, Michael Aquino. I'm kind of glad that we're doing this because, like, obviously I've heard his name in connection with the Presidio, right? Uh, daycare, whatever, um, blah, 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 satanic panic stuff. We will and, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I don't like talking about that sort of shit, but it's that's it's where worth most people bringing. will know yeah. him from. That's it's where true. I know him from. I, yeah. Yeah. So Michael Aquino, in his magical life, started the Temple of Set, and his Egypt-flavored cosmology is, it's kind of in the Satanist realm. Like, wait, it is, since Aquino broke off from Anton LaVey's Church of Satan. But Setians, members of the Temple of Set, wouldn't call themselves Satanists, I don't think. It all gets very confusing. It's slightly more spiritual and magical than LaVey and Satanism, decidedly more magical and spiritual than LaVey and Satanism, which That's part of why they broke off. It is, exactly. Um, Levain Satanism is completely in the rational materialist worldview. Yep. Levain Satanists are neckbearded skeptics. Pretty much. Uh, Pendulette. Yeah. Oh, God. I hate I, him. <laughs> I hate him. I don't I'm, know. I don't think he's a Satanist, but he's a perfect example of what I assume all of them are. Right. Yeah. So I don't have a great memory, but something that I remember <laughs> <laughs> is getting my nails done for prom and being the only person in the nail salon, and there's a TV on, yep. and it's Penn Jillette giving an interview about how he ate nothing but potatoes for, like, <laughs> three months to lose weight. 
And that's just lodged deep in my mind. You've hated him ever since. The pendulette potato diet. Well, that plus like he's just a jerk about his skepticism. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot. Yeah, that's that's a lot of those people's bits. Yep. I don't think pendulette's a Satanist for the record. Well, he I wouldn't be. be surprised. Everyone's <laughs> a fucking secret Satanist, as yeah. we'll find out. So Sechianism, while weird and more magical, it is less supernatural than one might expect or assume. Yeah. While still being slightly supernatural. Actually, look, while I haven't been able to read even half of what I would need to to give a comprehensive overview of Aquino and the Temple of Set, it does seem like it's all a lot less show-stopping than one might think. Which proves that dressing like a goth edgelord is still... It, it still fucking works. <laughs> yeah. Also, the eyebrows. Yeah. <clears throat> His eyebrows are so ridiculous that they work as a punchline in an audio medium. Like, if he just dressed like a normal guy... I know. Would... <laughs> I don't think... Yeah. Would these exist? Would these I don't think so. Exist? I don't... Yeah, I, I don't really think so don't either. think so. I mean, of course, the Temple of Set thing is kind of like raises an eyebrow to anyone. I mean, when you look um, at it... When you look at, but when you actually think about it, it's like, okay, well, that's not very suspicious. Otherwise, why would it all be taking place out in the open? Right. You know, why would right. we know about it? Why would it have its own Wikipedia page? There's, look, there's a ton of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. With people who get scared of this stuff. Yeah. You know, but also he was a long serving uh, army intelligence officer, a, well, a psychological operations officer to be precise. Mm-hmm. Combine those two things. Throw the 80s and 90s satanic panic on top of it. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. You've got a recipe for conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the military plus Satanism. Psyop. Plus it's weird <laughs> equals must be up to something no good. And was accused. Yeah. Of satanic child abuse. Yeah. Well, when I started reading Mind War, I too thought we were going to get some of the juicy mind control shit. But- We'll see. This episode will not be a comprehensive look at Aquino's life or even a comprehensive look at his philosophies or character, but we'll talk about that a little bit because it is relevant. We're going to focus this week not on Aquino's theories of magic of spirituality, but his theories of warfare, psychological warfare specifically, and his vision of how warfighting needs to evolve in the 21st century if we're to survive as a species. Mind War is Aquino's manifesto on how to end war itself. God. Physical war. I heard a great quote the other day about yeah. war. Cormac McCarthy. Oh, boy. War was always here. Before man was, war waited for him. This Jeez. idea that like yeah. war is just this force that lays dormant, just waiting, yeah. was just waiting for humans to you yeah. know, engage with it. And uh, honestly, that's that's very much in line with what Aquino says. I mean, he he says that like physical war is... It's not something any utopian dreams can like get us away from. Yeah. It's going to happen and it's terrible and it needs to not. But you need to channel that impulse into something. So you play. Well, it kind of magic conflict resolution as and cooperation and talking about your problems with the same drive as warfare. Yep. It's it's a thing. It's a whole ass thing. It's not like what the conspiracy theorists want when they crack into the book well look also, you know? also it is though yeah also it is okay there, you oh, know cool. <laughs> yes okay. it's it's fucking crazy yeah but i don't know if it's sinister 
but it's yeah, fucking it's nuts. It's an old man's <laughs> musings on war. It's not just an old man's musings on war. It's this was like a this dude was clearly thinking about this his entire life. Yes. Yeah. But before we get into just what is a mind war, let's do what we do. Pull a tarot card, talk about it after the show. Mm-hmm. If you like what we do here at the Nonsense Bazaar and you want to support the show, you can join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the nonsense bazaar for only five dollars a month. We'll get bi-weekly bonus series, get access to our Discord. We're hanging out, talking about stuff, running remote viewing experiments. It's a lot of fun and you should do it. Uh, your support keeps us ad-free. I I, I, st- I paused there as if I had to remember if we had ads or not. <laughs> we don't because you all support us. And thank you. Yeah. I swear to God, terror gets harder and harder every week. So it's challenging us. Yeah. Nine of discs. Gain. Uh, Venus in Virgo. That is, I'm just going to say it's a cruel irony for Michael Aquino's mind war. Mm. But I also understand it completely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. You know what? That's very, that's very kind. It is. Towards Michael Aquino. Dude, it... Quite honestly. This is why I'm saying everyone's going to be disappointed. I know. <laughs> not shitting all the No, we're not. I like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Fuck. I thought we would be. I did too. That was the whole intention of going into this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one thing to keep in mind is that these same conditions that created war by Edwin Starr, what is it good for indeed, mm. uh, is the exact nothing. same conditions that created Michael Aquino's mind war. Yeah. It's the exact same thing, mm-hmm. right? So 
Michael Aquino graduated from the University of California, Santa Barbara in 1968 with a degree in political science and uh, joined the army as a psychological operations specialist. In, straight from college to psyops specialist. Yep, straight from college, smart fuck to psyops. Sweet. In 1969, Aquino joined the Church of Satan, headed by Anton LaVey. While uh, I've read t- two different things, one says that he joined the Church of Satan while in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and one says before going. Um, Aquino then served a tour of duty in Vietnam. When he returned, the army stationed him in Kentucky, and he became a priest within the Church of Satan, forming a grotto group of Satanists. God damn it, I hate him. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Do they call themselves a grotto? That's what the online <laughs> is thing that like, said. You know, like how a crow, a group of crows is a, a murder? That's at least what this bit of information Satanist. I found on the internet says. Yeah, grotto. a grotto of Satanists. Yeah. Which Thanks. which is actually, which is better? Let's, let's, come on. Grotto or lodge? I actually think I like Grotto better. I like Grotto. <laughs> <laughs> Got a grunginess to it. It's a pirates. You know, pirates yeah. mean, yeah. So, yeah. So this Grotto of Satanists met at Aquino's home in uh, Kentucky, which is a, of course, right? Oh, no, why not? Of course. So Aquino became disenchanted with the Church of Satan under LeVay's leadership. And in 1972, he, along with Lilith Sinclair, who eventually married Aquino, they got out. Yeah. This split stemmed in large part from the two men's conflicting ideologies. LeVay, an atheist, believed that Satan did not exist, but rather represented uh, a symbol of strength and defiance. Aquino, on the other hand, believed in the literal existence of Satan. And in 1975, he established a church of his own known as the Temple of Set. So he like really believed in Satan. Yeah. I mean, well, he- Satan as Set. Or no, he didn't believe in Satan as Set. That's what Set told him. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yes. That's an important distinction. It is. That's the next paragraph. So Aquino says that he actually fucking met Satan. Okay. And Satan said he wasn't actually Satan, but Set, an ancient Egyptian god who evolved into the Judeo-Christian figure of Satan. Set is interesting as a god. I've looked into Set. Interesting god. He was originally, before he was the evil god of the Egyptians, mm-hmm. he was the... Um, king god for a while like the god yeah the guy and for a while was also like the god of foreigners which interesting for a a vietnam psychological operations officer to you know yeah so set says yeah i turned into satan but i'm not a bad dude Mm -hmm. like he tells him the whole fucking thing right so aquino's fucking aquino's satan that he worships set does tell it's not like this set is telling aquino like Yes, we must murder and kill. Yeah, no. He's saying like, yeah, no, they, they've been doing me dirty for millennia. Right. Right? Like, that's the mythology. Well, Set appeared before Aquino and gave him, like so many other gods and guides and masters, appeared before him and gave him the founding document of the Temple of Set called, wait for it, mm-hmm. the Book of Coming Forth by Night. I'm going to throw a, like a evil laugh in there. A lot of reverb. (laughs) Yeah. Cracking thunder and shit. Right. Yeah. Fucking edgelord. Truly. Jesus Christ. A keynote. (sighs) The book of coming forth by. The book of coming forth by night. 
which psychological operations officer, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, there's a lot of symbolism in there. Dude was wrestling with some fucking shit. So Aquino defined the temple's ambition as, quote, awakening the divine power of the individual through the deliberate exercise of will and intelligence, referring to the process by which this happens as Zepper, X-E-P-E-R. Also, yeah, that's Western magic. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. It's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And he took like the Western magical grade systems and shit and like, yeah, which are missing. Gave, misa- gave uh, them his own titles. Right. Similar titles. Which is things. what fucking L. Ron Hubbard did. Which yeah. It's just, it's just the same. Yep. Just the same thing. Well, the Temple of Set is notoriously secretive, s- secretive, owing to their edgelord nature and the emphasis on the individual over unity. A lot of it reads to me like Van Satanism mixed with Thelema and Golden Dawn shit in terms of the grades, the focus on will and becoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just Western esotericism. Yeah. With Aquino probably a little high in his own supply and um, also traumatized shit from Vietnam. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have personally, I've always had a problem with Satanism. Satanism or Satanists? Satanism. Okay. Because I just have a problem with hedonism. Yeah. In general, like I'd, I don't think Satanism is hedonism, though. A lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a big fucking part of it. Yeah. I don't well, it's like get, how but, like, people that's... misinterpret like "do what thou wilt." Like people think sure. that, that means like "oh, go be a heathen," but that's not really what that means. Um, Levey was more like that. Yeah, that's it's not that's it's not an accurate depiction of Satanism either. But it's cl- much closer to Satanism Word. than it is to Thelema. Yeah, I mean, Levey was like if someone you know he was like so it's very individualistic, very individualistic, very focused in, on material good, very focused on pleasure for pleasure's sake. Like mm-hmm. hedonism is a part of it yeah. right it's enjoying the pleasures of the flesh and shit for its so own so you sake. don't like that i don't like that as a um moral imperative hmm. right which to rationalist skeptic like levey and satan is like it's a it's sort of a moral imperative to engage in the pleasures of the flesh right yeah as like i don't not i, I don't not like it mm-hmm. i love all of it but like i there's things i believe in much more than that. i'm sure there's there's a ton of satanists who would say hey i do too Right. Like I'm not it's but there's a streak of hedonism in the philosophy of Satanism itself that I see, at least I don't get down with. Yeah. It just doesn't jive with me. It's not that I don't like it. I think it's I don't think it's evil. It's just I'm I'm going a different way. Do you find that like a lot of Satanists seem to be reactionary Satanists like they're there because they grew up Christian and really hated it and then became. You know, I don't I don't. Or do more people just like organically wander into Satanism? I think I think a lot of really cool people wander into Satanism. Yeah. A lot of cool people fucking really like LaVey's shit. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with Satanists. Satanism as a philosophical current, I have a, I'm going a different direction, let me say, is better right. than I have a problem with it. But I have no problem with fucking Satanists. Some of them are edgelords, some are dickheads, some of them are really cool. A lot of yeah. them really like metal. And I also, hey, here's the thing. I'm not a metal guy, you know? No, that kind of like that just that sums I. up my uh, metal girl. Yeah, Mm-mm. Satanism as I do about tools. It's not my thing. <laughs> not actually, tools not the right band. You're just not into it. I feel it. Yeah, it's just not I, your thing. Look, I feel the same way about. Yeah. <laughs> about musical theater. I feel the same way about Satanism as I do about musical theater and dream theater. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> that's 
We got it. It's like, I respect that it's your thing, but please don't bring it around me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just... Um, but I also have no doubt that Satanists have done some bad shit. Yeah, just like everybody. Right. I have no doubt that Christians have done bad shit. Yeah. I have no doubt that Jews have done bad shit. Yeah. I have no doubt that Muslims, Buddhists, yes, even the Buddhists, look up uh, Buddhist atrocities uh, against Muslims in like Myanmar and shit. Like, oh boy. Holy fuck. Yeah, we're all, we've all got blood on our hands. Oh yeah. People are people and they see different things and different justifications for their bullshit in religion. And I mentioned this because Michael Aquino, I'm just like randomly really fucking up words today. I I mentioned this because Michael Aquino gained some notoriety in 1988 when he was predictably swept up in the satanic panic. Yeah. When was the McCann preschool case? McCann preschool. I'm not sure. It was like the most expensive trial that had ever happened. Yeah. McMartin. The McMartin. Yeah. Got Vince McMahon on on my mind, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) 1983. Okay. Yeah. So this predated that. And this was huge. This was huge. This was like one of the biggest, like one of the big trials that, you know, predated OJ Simpson as like a trial that captivated America's attention. Yeah. Uh, And throughout the 80s and 90s, motherfuckers were scared shitless that the Satanists were preying on their children. Yeah. And there's like Martin preschool case, like which we can't get into here. We got right. a lot of mind war to get to still. But it's a whole fucking thing. You well, all really know. it's like I think what happened is that collectively, you know, around the 70s is finally when we had a word for pedophilia. Like that wasn't even part of the the nation's vocabulary up until then. And also generations of trauma, like people being molested left and right and just not really talking about it. Absolutely. And now in the 80s, 90s, mental health care is starting to ramp up. We have a little bit more knowledge of that. And it's like the floodgates of America's shadow just came like pouring out in this deranged way where people like, like we knew that bad things were happening, but all of a sudden people were redirecting it into a place where you know, it wasn't. And of course, to conflate that with the military makes sense, too. The parents, the parents of teenagers during the 80s. Yeah. Were born when the nuclear bomb went off. Yeah. Like the 20th century also is living through the all era. connected. I mean, that created it created. the you know, era. Like, like it's it's all one big fucking thing. It's yeah. You know, but during the satanic panic, many, many lives were ruined by a poor understanding of life and all this trauma. Like. So many fucking people were wrongly convicted. Yeah. Like they straight up did fucking nothing. And yeah, you know, there's like a story of one dude. I forget where I heard this, but who like managed to become convinced like they convinced his daughter that he was fucking molesting her in a satanic ritual way. Yeah. They convinced him that he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And he like turned himself in and he wouldn't fucking like back down. Yeah. And he truly believed like this shit happened. I watched a documentary about a man who like put his own father in jail saying that he was satanically abused by his yeah. father and grew up and was like, holy shit, that never happened. Right. Like I was basically brainwashed into saying that shit. Yeah. Believing that even though it never happened. Because and kids now his, are super suggestible. Yeah. And now his dad's been in jail for like the last two decades and he feels fucking awful about it. Yeah. Like and I and it's still going on, too. 
Yeah. Like the satanic panic fucking thing is hundreds of years old. It just reached a fever pitch around this 80s, 90s. And now too, weirdly enough. Yeah, never really went away. But here's the thing. Have Satanists preyed on children? I'm fucking sure of it. Yeah. But listen, I'm from the most Catholic part of the country. Okay. <laughs> Before you say, oh, the Catholic church was taken over by Satanists, like they love to say. Yeah. That's a, it's a fucking line. I'll put fucking good money on the line that I can't find convictions, convictions of a religious leader from any and every sect of any religion for preying on children. Oh, yeah. Right. Fucking hell. Like no evangelical has ever been caught doing the, doing a naughty. <clears throat> give me a break. Right. Like, give me a fucking break. So that doesn't say anything about Michael Aquino, though. That's just my general opinions on the satanic panic. Michael Aquino was caught up in the Presidio child abuse scandal, where a child identified Aquino and his wife Lilith as one of her abusers. Of course, apparently the child initially denied being abused during the first like questioning, and then after therapy with, I believe it was an army chaplain. Oh, God. Fingered Aquino and his easily identifiable eyebrows and his goth wife, Lilith. A lengthy investigation followed. Now I'm looking sideways at this army chaplain. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be money involved in a fucking lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So a lengthy investigation followed, and but no charges were ever filed against Aquino. Mm-hmm. Aquino was a practicing Satanist out in the open. At this time, um, the army recognized Satanism as religion. You know? But yeah, no charges were ever filed. Now, some might say, well, that's the Satanic government protecting their own. Yes. Listen, motherfuckers. You can't both believe in a secret satanic government and believe that this secret satanic government would specifically shelter this weird goth nerd who is very not secretly a Satanist. Yeah. Right? You can't have it both ways. Right. Especially when people, including well-connected people, get convicted. Convicted all the time. Forget about having charges pressed. Motherfuckers get convicted, including the wrongfully accused. If there is a secret satanic government, the wrongfully accused got convicted of this shit all the time back then, right? Aquino was never charged. Yeah. And if there is a secret satanic government, they have no problem with making patsies out of their own. Clearly not. Because, assumedly, they want to stay secret. Yeah. Of course, all that rests on a completely horseshit interpretation of what even is Satanism, it also rests on this belief among conspiracy theorists that occultists are in any way a homogenous group. Let me tell you. <laughs> Try to find two people that agree on more than like five things. I have never seen a subculture who disagree and hate each other more than people interested in the occult. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's like if chess players disagreed not just on what the pieces could do, but what the pieces are yeah. and whether it's a competitive or cooperative game. And you got some fucking greasy bastard playing go fish against himself in the corner. Yeah. We're not going to stay on this point too much longer. But here's Aquino looking dressed to terrify Christians on the Geraldo Riviera show in 1980. Dr. Aquino, the high priest of the Church of Set. Exposing Satan's Temple underground. Set. Temple of Set, also this a colonel. Fucking guy. Interestingly enough, in the United States Army. What is it, this Satanism? I think that um, uh, there is some confusion tonight because this same term means something different to Satanists than it does to Christians in the United States. By our own standards, the people who you've shown in these film clips would not be Satanists, either present or in the past. Rather, they would be the failures of a conventional religion.
I will say he, I, if I was a Christian in 1988, I, the, I would think that a dude who looks like that would be molesting kids. He looks like Eddie Munster. <sighs> like, it's not a great look. I mean, it's not a threatening look, though. If, if you were a Christian in 1988, you might be a little threatened. Yeah. But it's not threatening at all. It's nerdy as fuck. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. Is any monster? You any monster looking motherfucker? He literally is. Anyway. I appreciate your opinion. What is it, sir, then? What is Satanism? Well, originally the Church of Satan, when it was founded, was composed not of people with a hatred for Christianity, but of people who, by and large, were agnostics and atheists because they felt that the institutions which had arisen around Christianity had failed in their moral commitment. So Satanism itself became an emphasis on rational self-interest and on taking responsibility for your own intellectual and ethical decisions. Rational self-interest, you call it? Yes. Contemporary Satanism relies heavily on bizarre and sometimes bloody ceremonies. One of the ugliest, yet apparently most common rituals in devil worship is the sacrifice of animals often involving the removal of organs and the draining of their blood in elaborate ceremonies. Well, a series of cattle mutilations on this Louisiana farm has sent the shiver of fear through this entire community. Show me the evidence that this was some kind of ritual. Oh, this hole right here and the tail, they cut the tail off. The same thing with the ears. They cut the ears off. Right. So you two have no doubt but that your animals were used in some kind of ritual. Right. Yes. All the blood was gone out of them, too. Every one of them, the blood was drained. No blood, no insides, eyes pulled out, everything. I'm begging for something to be done. I'm scared. That's their evidence that these cattle mutilations were ritual sacrifices. Yeah. They pulled out the eyes. There's no, all blood's gone. They cut off the... Right. Was it a coyote? Yeah, these people don't understand how animals decompose. But Geraldo Riviera is just using this. All these images of these fucking decaying cows and black people and shit before coming back to it. Well, Then he goes into a bunker with some fucking asshole investigator who tries to put innocent people in prison. And like he's showing them this ritual site where Satan is and it's this bunker. And, and they know it's a ritual site because there's an upside down pentagram graffitied on the inside. Oh, of course. And it's these, not just graffiti. And these magical symbols. And it's like, it's like baby's first sigil in spray paint. Right. Right? Like it means nothing. Yeah. It's fucking nonsense. So then he comes back to Aquino, who still looks like he does, you know? Uh-huh. Just last month, under a full moon. I took a midnight tour of the Presidio grounds with police investigator Ed Abanovsky. Are you saying that there was a satanic cult active right here on the army base? Yes. We believe so. There's evidence to substantiate that. They had the satanic rituals no, going on. There was an altar in there. And all of the graffiti on would indicate that. <laughs> I can see a pentagram painted on the wall. I can see the words Prince of Darkness. On this wall, I see several inverted crosses and other obvious uh, satanic ritualistic paintings or symbols. Because <laughs> you know what the Prince of Darkness is going to do? Spray paint it on his fucking wall. That's what, yeah, that's how Colonel Michael Aquino, the psychological operations officer, is conducting his religious ceremonies. Right. Just with Go. spray painted pentagrams. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, it's absurd. And so, 
with how absurd this Geraldo Rivera asshole is. Satanism may be a constitutionally protected religion, but similar to another recent case at the United States Military Academy at West Point, here charges surface connecting ritual child abuse at the Presidio Daycare Center to the devil cult. It was here, parents and others allege, that as many as 60 young children were ritualistically abused by soldiers of Satan. What actually was done to the kids? Uh, oral copulation, sodomy, uh, defecation, uh, they were urinated on. The former chief juvenile investigator at the Presidio, Ed Abinovsky, is here. He's now a deputy sheriff in Santa Clara County. Colonel Aquino, we note, sir, for the record, that you were originally implicated in the dreadful charges of child abuse. We note also that no charges were ever brought against you, and presumably you have been cleared. Would you like to comment on why those charges were brought against you? Well, the entire time that uh, the so-called child molestation scandal was occurring at the Presidio, the time period when um, uh, these terrible events were supposedly taking place. I was assigned to the National Defense University in Washington, D.C., and my wife was out there living with me. But is it not a fact that a three-and-a-half-year-old girl identified you as the alleged perpetrator of molestation? No, as uh, a matter of fact, it is not the case. An accusation was made by her stepfather, who was an Army chaplain, speaking on behalf of this child. In her original interview with the FBI. She denied ever being molested. Well, I've seen the... I, I, you are innocent until proven guilty. You were never charged in this case. I don't want to belabor the point. I have seen, however, the affidavits for the search warrant of your home, and they indicate the child is speaking to the authorities, not her father. This was after she had been subjected to uh, therapy. Let's say you are innocent of that. You are no longer at the Presidio. You are now in St. Louis, but you are still a serving officer, a colonel in the United States Army. Do you feel it is inconsistent with a high-ranking officer pledged, sworn, to uphold the Constitution of the United States that you are also a practicing Satanist? Not in the least. The Army has known of my religion for the last 20 years. There has never been a problem with it, any more than there is a problem with other members of minority religions. But let me read from the Satanic Bible. Quote, one of, this is the, the number one, uh, uh, I guess, uh, commandment. Death to the weakling wealth to the strong. How can you believe this and still uphold the Constitution of the United States? Death to the weakling? Well, for one thing, what you're looking at there is a highly polemical book that was never meant to be taken literally in Written all of its commandments. Father. Yes, and I'm aware of that, and I'm also saying that members of the Church of Satan understood that much of this book was in the form of a polemic. It was a statement uh, that was dramatically made, but was not intended to be taken literally in all its respects. So we should not take this book literally. Correct. I don't think I need to go on. God. That's so fucking absurd. It is. A three and a half year old? Yeah, I'm looking at some of the other claims made about Presidio. Um, one girl said that she played poo-poo baseball at the home of the <laughs> teachers, where they would throw poo-poo back. <laughs> like, are we really believing this shit? We're really, like, going to take the testimony of a three? Like, I mean, That's, I'm sorry. But um, other children talked about playing the goo-goo game. Oh, my God. Which would involve uh, more pee and poop. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, And man. blood and guns. And told that their parents would be killed if they ever said anything. Jesus. You know, they say like... Like, of course. Like, what the fuck? 
you know, listen, you can tell a three and a half year old to say a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. And they'll say it because they don't understand cause and effect and have the faculties to ask, why is daddy telling me to say all this shit? Right. Daddy might have peeked in Michael Aquino's fucking windows, saw that he, he might have got a brilliant idea in his fucking head and just snuck over to the Aquino's house while they were out of town because they worked out of town, looked in the windows, saw what it looked like and then said, hey, kid, tell him it looks like this in there and I'll buy you a fucking teddy bear or something. Yeah. That's a lot easier to do. It's a lot simpler to do than hiding the systematic, grotesque, and ostensibly incredibly smelly ritual abuse of uh, 60 children in a way that's inconsistent with any beliefs of these religions. Yeah. Right? Like, you can read what what their symbolism is. Right. You'd expect that maybe the claims would have something to do with the actual symbolism, but no, it's just scary, gross shit. Yeah, it's just poo-poo baseball. It's just fucking poo-poo baseball, dude. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. I don't know this motherfucker, all right? I don't know him at all. I don't know if he was a bad guy or a good guy. But I do know that the satanic panic people have a dog shit understanding of what they're talking about. And also, this happened again and again, specifically at daycares. Like, there's at least, you could probably find eight right now. I mean- Like, easily Googling it and find- Eight daycares in the 80s where there was a scandal just like this and like a bunch of kids came forward and then, you know, usually only a handful of them end up ever testifying now, and it doesn't end up being anything. What would be simpler? Again, some overarching conspiracy to protect all these fuckers. Yeah. The Catholic Church couldn't get away with it. Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Michael Aquino. And this was at a time when people were getting wrongfully convicted all the time. Michael Aquino was never charged. So I'm not bringing, I don't know that dude. I don't know the full story. I haven't done all the fucking reading, but that's all to say, I'm not bringing any of those assumptions into looking at the dude's work. Yeah. That would be both foolish and irresponsible, right? With that out of the way, we can finally get to mind work. Yeah. Honestly, one of the best effects of like the whole daycare abuse scandal, whatever shit is that it taught people a lot about how not to interview children yeah, and how not to like um, gather testimony from kids. I mean, I, I forgot that it was a three and a half year old. Yeah. That's like, how can anyone? Well, cause they didn't read that as a three and a half year old. It's that secondhand rumor shit that like, there's gotta be something there. And like also between every single one of these daycare cases, the claims made are outrageous. It's shit like Chuck Norris took me on a hot air balloon and molested me with a gun. Like, it's it's stuff like that. I'm Like, I'm not kidding. I know. I know you're not. Wow. That's just a funny thing to say, though. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of, like, oh, we ma- had to eat poopy, you know? It's like, of course this is what a, a kid Right. Would say when prompted. And God knows what other ideas are being put in their head by guiding questions asked by their parents. Right. And I I mean, like, really, there would be symbolism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just shit eating, which that's the other thing is like when you do find like consistent symbolism that you would need to read the fucking books for, Mm -hmm. which there are cases. That's when you know there might be something fucking weird going on. Yeah. You know, tangent, like. Lightly looking at the Black Dahlia murder. Yeah. Whoa. That that shit is fucked. Yeah. That's an example of something that's fucked. That's not just goo goo baseball. <laughs> no. So there's also the other side of Akina, which makes 
countercultural people suspicious as fuck of him. He's a PSYOP dude. Yeah. Right. So in 1980, a document appeared called From PSYOP to Mind War, The Psychology of Victory by Colonel Paul E. Valley, Colonel Paul E. Valley and Major Michael Aquino. In a 2003 introduction to the document, Aquino writes that he was asked to prepare a document to stimulate future thought in the PSYOP division of the army in the wake of Vietnam. It was, according to Aquino, a talking document, something meant to spark conversation and not meant for publication. Willow, would you? With the arising of the internet in the 1980s, however, Mind War received an entirely unexpected and somewhat comic resurrection. Allusions to it gradually proliferated with its sinister title, quickly winning it, the most lurid conspiracy theory reputation. The rumor mill soon had it transformed into an Orwellian blueprint for Manchurian candidate mind control and world domination. My own image as an occult personality added fuel to the wildfire. Mind War was now touted by the lunatic fringe as conclusive proof that the Pentagon was awash in black magic and devil worship. Uh, I mean, that's why I started reading it. <laughs> he knows Be exactly. Fair. He knows um, what's up. Yeah, I mean... So Aquino goes on to give a brief definition of what he means by mind war. He says that traditionally PSYOP is used as a force multiplier, a way to supplement the forces of physical war. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a force. You use PSYOP to make the job of the dudes with guns easier. Right. Right? Mind war is the opposite. Okay. Psychological means for achieving victory, essentially through convincing the enemy that he really wants to bring his national policies into harmony with ours, are fashioned in support of basic political goals. The use of ordinary military force, bombs, bullets, etc., is regarded as a last resort in circumstances wherein mind war by itself fails. The advantage of mind war is that it conducts wars in non-lethal, non-injurious, and non-destructive ways. Essentially, you overwhelm your enemy with argument. Nerd! <laughs> you seize control of all of the means by which his government and populace process information to make up their minds, and you adjust it so that those minds are made up as you desire. Wait a minute. Everyone is... <laughs> no one gets hurt or killed, and nothing is destroyed. I don't know. I kind of see... I see both sides at this moment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ordinary warfare, on the other hand, is characterized by its lack of reason. The antagonists just maim or kill each other's people and steal or destroy each other's land until one side is hurt so badly it gives up or both sides are hurt so badly that they agree to stop short of victory. After such a war, there's lasting misery, hate and suffering. The only loser in mind war are the war profiteers, companies and corporations which grow fat on orders for helicopters, tanks, guns, munitions, etc., Consequently, what President Dwight Eisenhower referred to as the military-industrial complex can be counted upon to resist implementation of mind war as the government governing strategic conflict doctrine. Yeah, military is anti-mind war. Oh, yeah. So with that line about seizing the means by which information is disseminated and shit, you'd be forgiven for thinking this is some sinister-ass mind control shit. But one thing that Aquino continuously emphasizes throughout mind war is that mind war must be fully transparent the entire way. Uh, you cannot be deceptive, as it would be counterproductive to the entire operation. Mm -hmm. That means you essentially tell the enemy what tactics you're using and when. You tell them exactly what you're doing. You tell your own people exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Full and total transparency, which is naive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's like a huge part of the concept of mind war, is the full, total transparency and honesty. 
Very interesting. Yeah. Later, Akina would write, referring to the application of some of these principles in the two Iraq wars and the failure to uphold them all the way through, he writes... Invoking as it does the most intense emotions and commitments of its audiences, it must deliver the goods as they are, as they are judged by the target audience. If the ethical values of those audiences are not respected, if mind war is used only in service of ulterior motives and objectives, the resulting disintoxication can be socially shattering. Which is what he says we did in Iraq. Yeah, don't use mind war for bad. Or you, you have to deliver on the goods. So like in Iraq, we promised all these things. All these good things, schools, hospitals, all this shit. But like kind of abandon that afterwards. Mm. And that's socially shattering. Like you have to make yeah. good on the... Mind War is looking for a mutually beneficial solution. Yeah. So the document from PSYOP to Mind War is very short. A couple pages. Uh, it's, a good over, it's a good talking document, right? Mm-hmm. But in 2006, Aquino published a whole last book detailing in great detail with many footnotes, long mm. quotes from philosophers... <laughs> The Guiding Principles, Techniques, and Organizational Structure of Mind War. Uh, I'll save most of what I think about it for the end. I will say I was hoping for some of that good-ass paranoia, the shit that makes me feel alive. What I got was like family psychology filtered through a military man pointed at geopolitics. (laughs) It's extreme conflict resolution, sort of, sometimes, other times. It's fucking insane. Yeah. He also wrote two other books in this series. second one's called Mind Star, which is his theories on consciousness and more magical spiritual stuff. Yeah. She warns you that it will change you forever. Whoa. Yeah. And then the third one's called Find Far. Yeah. She's about like what he sees as the direction of human evolution. And I haven't even started reading that one yet, but it's they're ridiculous. I love the covers. Yeah. It's they just sound pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. They are. Like I don't I don't know if they're I haven't read the other two. I mean I have opinions about Mind War, but it's not what I thought at at all. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. So Here's an excerpt from Mind War. Yes, this is from the introduction. Mind War controls human external action thoughts by identifying and adjusting the sensory impression that the mind uses to assemble, modify, and reinforce them. Human sensory-based thoughts form the basis for their constructed outward personalities. And in groups, their mores, biases, beliefs, traditions, habits, and taboos. Thus, through a graduated process, Mind War controls groups of humans. As the size of the group increases, common features of impressions, attitudes, and expressions can emerge and can be identified and analyzed statistically, making possible social forecasting and the control of that future by aggregate, not individual manipulation. That's interesting. Yeah. He's saying at a certain point, you don't have to manipulate the individual anymore. And in fact, you should not, because that's one of the things that will lead to physical war. But you can mind control society without fucking with individuals liberty yeah. right i get the sense that the transparency aspect the honesty and transparency aspect is both the genius of the theory and the complete naive failure in practicality um yeah because like if you're totally transparent if the goal of the united states the the overwhelming the thing that's trying to subvert you yeah. Is simply the idea of peaceful and mutually beneficial conflict resolution. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> little puzzle box of a of a political right. theory from a dude who got a degree in political science, went to Vietnam, talked to set, and started dressing like that. Yeah. I love it. Totally naive and no one would ever take this seriously. I do wonder where Aquino got a lot of these ideas from, but 
So, so he goes on to write, what distinguishes mind war from ordinary political, social, cultural perception and behavior influencing efforts is its focus, duration, and intensity. Like physical war, mind war is a situation-specific operation to deal with a problem of immediate urgency. Mm. During this crisis, mind war overwhelms any existing mundane behavior-dictating systems, replacing them with a more sophisticated, comprehensive, and effective package. The mind war campaign commences when the original destabilizing pre-physical war situation is refashioned into a clearly defined and articulated problem. Mind war phase one. Phase one, define the problem. Yes, exactly. In every, in rigorous detail. Yeah. So that the, if this list of features were removed from the situation, physical war would no longer be on the table. Mm-hmm. Phase one. The participants are transformed from mutual enemies into allies against that problem as the common enemy. Phase one culminates with a progressively more refined diagnosis of the problem, resulting in formation of the aristos to stabilize it, the cure. Ah. It's, I don't know whether it's some Greek bullshit. The process of conditioning and transforming the participants is initiated remotely by Mind War branch and is continued through phase four. Wow. In Mind War phase two, the Aristos is reverse engineered from accomplishment to the present. Okay. So you take the, the cure, the cure to the problem. Yeah. What does this look then, like when it's figured out? Yeah. And then take it back to the present. And reverse engineer that shit. Okay. Yeah. The Aristos is reverse engineered from accomplishment to the present to establish the most effective, efficient, and economical path to its realization. The necessary organizations, assets, and bases are devised and assembled. Mind War Phase 3 consists of the achievement of the Aristos through the guidance of Metaphors Branch. Oh my god. Yes. Followed by initiation of the permanently corrective moral polis, polis by parapolitics branch teams. Wow. Yes. Phase 4 formalizes Mind War victory in the completion of the polis and departure of parapolitical branch. Mind War Branch terminates conditioning. The Mind War campaign structure is then completely dismantled. That's the broad outline. Okay. And it's important to emphasize that Aquino did not see Mind War as a permanent state, as a declaration of war, phases, and then declaration of victory and complete dismantling of the infrastructure. Identifying the problem that would lead to physical war, identifying the solution that would be mutually acceptable and beneficial, and convincing people that that solution, that future state, is inevitable. Then completely dismantling the Mind War campaign structure. If you think, wait a minute, that sounds naive. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not practical. It's a theory. It's a nerd book. Yeah. Aquino stresses in the section what Mind War is not. He says, it's not mind control. The conditioning of Mind War branch has one and only only one purpose, to change existing animalistic prejudices, prejudices and antagonisms into intelligent, amicable cooperation. Mind War branch does not dictate nor even suggest where this co- cooperation should lead. Once all problem participants are working together, they will go through the steps to identify and establish the Aristos. Mm. I'm going to say that differently every time. Like, good good luck. Good. Well, he's got tactics. We're going to get to that. That's the yeah. fun part. Yeah. See, but if you remove war and animalistic prejudices and you just convince everybody to get along, shit's going to be so boring. I know. Isn't that kind of what we're here to do is cause destruction and suffering and fuck shit up? And I like- mean, Anton LaVey said fucking... In contra- fuck what Jesus said. If someone hits you on the cheek, you don't turn the other cheek. You hit back harder. <laughs> then you do that until they stop hitting you. That yeah. w- that was original Satanism, right? right. Um, so it's I don't know. Like I get it. I too would prefer a world of intelligent, amical cooperation. But it is insane to step in and be like, you know what? Let's try to eliminate all of all of what 
a big component of what makes humans humans. Well, no, dude, he says in mind what he's like, listen, that's why like um fucking uh utopianism and like peace It's a great shit. goal to work toward. Well, that's Even why he says that realized. that's why that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Because we do have this innate drive towards war. That's why it's mind war, not like just it's it's not pacifism. Yeah, you're, you're basically t- at war with your own urge to go to war. Right. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, dude, it's applying like Western esotericism yeah. to war is what he's doing right. here. And then going to war with the urge to go to war or to have conflict or to yeah. have a problem. Right. Exactly. You know, fighting the problem rather than fighting each other. Yep. It's also not political ideology or religion. It has nothing to do with regime change or turning commies into capitalists or any of that. However, Aquino does state that any and all sacred cows must not be kept off the table when diagnosing the problem or finding the solution. So we went through the phases. First, you declare a mind war. One, two, three, four, I declare a mind war. This yeah. is done so that the U.S. citizenry doesn't think it's being deceived. The enemy knows why they're being attacked. And the rest of the world sees the transparency of U.S. justice. Fair enough. You then diagnose the disease. Prescribe a cure. Aquino lays it out as analyzing possible solutions descending from mutually beneficial to mutually acceptable to mutually tolerable. Yeah. Phase two, reverse engineering the cited outcome from the establishment back to the present situation. Analyze all the component changes that need to be made to achieve the goal. If a necessary component change is found to be impossible, the overall goal will need to be adjusted. Mm. Uh, Quote. Here, sociopolitical and economic forecasting techniques are essential. Present policy options must be extended and extrapolated. The aggregate of these must be analyzed into a cross matrix to ascertain whether there are there are any incompatibilities. Any developing component change must be re-entered into the matrix to ensure that the totality remains viable. Phase three is mind war attack. The matrix is set in motion. Its components are assigned to appropriate implementation units. Those units delegate them further down to implementation action elements oh my god this is such a fancy way of like when i'm struggling to do basic tasks yeah. and have to like break it down into like okay baby steps mm-hmm. what are the first like taking a shower seems really hard right now what do i need to do pick out my clothes for after the shower okay make sure i have a towel all right like just breaking it down into those little steps implement every little piece yeah of which- the task and work it back how you have to write if you're writing for like military strategy yeah. you know that's how the military works no but i love it it's like yeah. such a verbose way of expressing what is you know a, a great problem solving technique right it's not clear but it is comprehensive yeah <laughs> and it's such a fun way of thinking about it too yeah no it is i mean it's systems fucking thinking just like he was probably just an autistic dude <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> A simultaneous continuous feedback system is instituted so that every action, inaction, success, and failure is fed back into the overall mind war matrix. If a failure is examined and found to be correctable, the action is retried until successful. If evaluated as uncorrectable and cannot be compensated for at higher intermediate levels, the mind war matrix is again adjusted to reduce the overall goal accordingly. The mind war matrix is no good if it is reduced to zero or to a fiction of actual accomplishment. It must be pressed forward, forced into existence by the full will and skill of the United States. Only where it is discovered to be intrinsically flawed should it be modified. And four, mind war victory. Once the goal is achieved, the U.S. declares victory and immediately and completely ceases mind war operations and diplomatic and economic relations return to normal. Immediately upon declaration of victory. 
In part two, Aquino gives the blueprint for the restructuring of the military and renaming of the military branches with the goal to, quote, change the army's operational methodology to a completely constructive and creative one, with its physical war power maintained and brandished as the same sort of unthinkable deterrent as the nation's nuclear arsenal. Wow. And all right, I find this stuff very interesting. Might make for a good podcast, but not a good nonsense bizarre episode. So I'm not going to get too deep into it. He's talking about ethics, propaganda as a crude weapon unsuitable for mind war. He's talking about the Lockean universe, American military culture, the primacy of the individual, as well as the primacy of the civilian. Main takeaway in the evolution of the PSYOP branch to the mind war branch is that mind war branch is front and center rather than like the rogue of the U.S. military. Yeah, as PSYOP like it branch is was. the thing. Right. It is the it's thing. It's the basis in which we problem solve. Right. It's you're putting the PSYOP front and center, but you're also letting the entire world know what the PSYOP is, which is why it's a war, right? (laughs) Say we're doing this thing. We're getting to this goal. All the shady ass, underhanded, unethical, if there is such a thing, tactics of PSYOP are only used because they are in service to the physical war, Aquino says. That's the reason, you know, it's, it's underhanded because it is underhanded. On propaganda, Aquino says that crude propaganda like we have used is wholly ineffective at reaching reaching the upper echelons of the enemy's government, military, or intelligence. Mind War aims to bring those exact people in against the common enemy of the problem. Yeah. Right? You can't just lie your ass off with propaganda and like the dropping the pamphlets and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Because the leadership goes, that's not true. Yeah. But if you're saying true things, like- then you can get those people on your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes, PSYOPs sought to incite alienation and, if possible, defection from the enemy of its soldiers and civilians alike, thus fragmenting the underlying political and social system. Mind war has nothing to do with any of this. It never lies or selectively distorts the truth. It respects every human being as having the same worth, dignity, and right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, no matter what their nationality or culture. It does not disrupt existing or social cultural institutions. The enemy in mind war is never other human beings. It is the problem which has caused such humans to destabilize their behavior dangerously or destructively. Mind war is not, however, just geopolitical talk therapy. Its goal is victory, and it will use what is useful to obtain that victory. And Aquino then goes on to talk about how influencing the enemy may work. Yeah. In the section on thought architecture, Aquino states that 95% of all human thought is subconscious. Mm -hmm. He then discusses the ways in which subconscious thoughts are architectured. Uh, That's very interesting. Yeah. So there's prevalence, becoming accustomed to how things are framed, instinctive ordering of the world and pattern thinking. To how things are framed, you know, instinctive ordering of the world and how like when you hear Living out in the country, I hear gunshots. I know it's just a neighbor blowing off steam or, you know, mm-hmm. dialing in a sight. Yeah, to you, that's framed very differently. When I was living in the city and I heard gunshots, yeah. entirely different thing. Right. Right. That's prevalence. And pattern thinking, the patterns of nationality, religion, et cetera, et cetera. You get in a pattern. You don't yeah. even realize you're in a pattern. Yeah. Well, I was I was speaking about this um, in therapy this week, how lately I've, I've been being the observer of my thoughts more. Yeah. And... uh I did notice that a lot of thought does happen subconsciously, wherein I have instinctive reactions to -hmm. things. And the reactive thought that I have is one that I don't necessarily even feel attached to or agree with. Right. It just happens. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know, taking a step back and realizing, wait, why? What's that prevalence there? Why? Why are those thoughts so prevalent in my mind to be automatic reactions? Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody has them like. Aquino's 
fucking spirituality and philosophies and shit were very clearly heavily influenced just as much by Western esotericism as they were Christianity through Satanism. Yeah. Which means they're very influenced by Zen Buddhism and shit. Right. Taoism, right? Like with thinking about thinking and shit. Well, these subconscious thought architectures. Right. Kino writes, these are impossible to reason against. You can't reason against prevalence or uh, pattern thinking. Mm-hmm. As for the other 5%, the conscious thought, Aquino divides it between algorithmic thought and conceptual thought. Basically, left brain, right brain. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have psi control, <laughs> psychological control. And this is for, you can't reason against subconscious thought architecture. Mm-hmm. But- You can create different conditions though. Yeah. Yeah. This is also where that war shit comes in. Mm-hmm. So psycon- takes a couple forms, voluntary psycon and involuntary psycon. Voluntary is when the enemy agrees to cooperate to solve the problem. Yeah. Involuntary is when we make them cooperate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a good example. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes my mom can be pokey about getting in the bathtub when it's time for me to wash her. Okay. And uh, <laughs> like, I'll just want to get it over with. So sometimes... To speed up the process and, and get her going, like get her starting the process. Yeah. I'll walk in and go, all right, well, if you're not going to shower, then I guess I am. <laughs> no, 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 no. And she immediately gets up, starts getting ready to take a bath. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. Yep. <laughs> that's involuntary psychon. It's for her own good, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, for, it's for the Aristos. So. Yes. Uh. Well, involuntary psychon takes two forms as well, liminal and subliminal. Uh. Liminal involuntary psychon is like restricting the enemy's finances so that physical war is less possible Mm -hmm. or enticing with rewards, carrot or the stick. In both cases, the donkey is aware of the carrot or the stick. So it's liminal involuntary psychon. Yeah. Right. Subliminal involuntary psychon is where it is what you all came here for. First, Aquino talks about what else but MKUltra. And he says, they tried to use drugs and it didn't work. That's it. That's all he says about it, basically. It's like a short paragraph in a mm. book of long paragraphs. It's sus as fuck, actually, because we simply know that's not true. Yeah. However, this could legitimately be ignorance on his part. He seemed like he kept to himself. Mm-hmm. He was not part of CIA. Yeah. He was part of, he wasn't part of, I don't think, I don't think psychological operations is part of army intelligence either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was an old dude when he wrote this. But, you know, you'd think like being part of the fucking counterculture by default, one would think he was a bit more aware of fucking MK Yeah, Ultra. especially as a PSYOP, you know, especially. But who knows? Like, uh, yeah, he really kept to himself quite a lot. And he also, he doesn't talk a lot about it. But when he mentions intelligence, he's just like, as, as much as he's going to in the way he wrote this book, he's just like, fuck those people. If ah. they, like, if they... If we're using them at all, we're going to use them for intelligence and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that shit. Yep. Yeah. So, so well, he yeah, might because legit- they're disingenuous. They're not honest. Exactly. You know, and he's all about the honesty. Thing. Yeah. The honesty and transparency thing. Yeah. Very interesting. So he might legitimately just have written off MKUltra. Right. And he also probably views a lot of it as like perhaps impure research, like because it, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if he thought about it. As much, or maybe he was just writing it for what the people he hopes read this mm-hmm. will know about it. Well, then he also, 
But like, also, you might be being disingenuous. He might know a lot more than he's letting on. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I don't not know. sure that MK Ultra like did it contribute anything that would be useful to Mind War, or no. did it just say like, okay, here's a bunch of shit. I mean, it actually, if you ever want to? I mean, they war. use like electroshocks and shit like that. Yeah, and Aquino goes on to. We're gonna get to the electricity and electromagnetic waves and shit in a minute. Mm. It's a lot to do with that. Okay, quite a lot. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know what to make of it. Mm. I don't know if it's just like ignorance and naivety like we've we've already seen naive thinking right Mm -hmm. could be fucking that um but then he talks about stargate right which he calls stargate and not grill flame or scanate i think he mentioned scanate but he just calls it all stargate which as we know was the name used when they're at their least effective Mm -hmm. um when it was a shell of its former self and akina says uh esp doesn't work because the human body doesn't generate EM waves that strong. Ah, right. Which is also odd because as we know, the EM wave model of psi phenomena was looked at and tossed by the SRI scientists and psychics. Mm-hmm. Like they, they test that on, nah, it's, that's not it, and kept going well before it was ever called Stargate. And yeah. it, so it, it could could be that Aquino just never cared enough about the supernatural or paranormal to investigate further considering he came from a Satanist background. Could be. Could be. And Thalema, like if he got the, the Western ceremonial shit from like Thalema, a lot of Thelemites aren't that fucking supernatural either. Not in that way. Yeah. You know? Who knows? I, I don't know. It's an odd short section, especially considering what he talks about right after. Mm, which is? First subliminal involuntary psycon oh. is electromagnetic waves. Aquino cites studies that show that electromagnetic waves can fuck up people's energy levels, moods, and thought process, processing, etc. Other psycons he mentions in the same vein are brain waves and the induction of brainwave states by subliminal audio. Monroe Institute shit, which puts his statements about Stargate in a further odd context. Mm-hmm. Also, colors. He says that it's not the association of emotions with colors, like seeing the the physical act of seeing colors, yeah. but it's the frequency of the light waves itself that contribute to the thought arch- subliminal uh, subconscious thought architecture, which is fucking weird. It's not the perception, but the physicality of the waves and shit. He says. Um, here's a clip of him talking about Mind War in 2015. So once again, if you have a room full of people and you've already blanking, you're already blanketing it with alpha radiation, you also want to dial up the blue. <laughs> so what you see here is that as you're as you're turning these electromagnetic and electrochemical psychons and bringing them into play, and there are about 12 or 13 of them that I go into in the book, what you're doing is to address the mental state of mind of everybody who's subjected to these. And what you're trying to do is to get them to stop being angry and stop being combative and become as intelligent as they can and as cooperative as they can. And what's also funny about this, you're not just doing this to what you thought were the bad guys. You're doing it to your people, too. Most of these things are very omnidirectional, and most of them cannot be stopped because this kind of electromagnetic radiation is very very penetrating we are we are literally at the point now where scientific investigation is breaking these things down into um, actual parts of the electromagnetic spectrum and seeing what happens when you dose a human being so to speak so to speak with these areas of electromagnetic electromagnetic influence yeah, so it's it's not using 
electromagnetic waves and shit to dumb down the population and shit. Yeah. It's getting everybody into a very smart, awake, and cooperative state of mind. Well, that's <laughs> really optimistic. I can s- that be nice? I can see the PTSD. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he just wants to make the world a better, nicer place. By any means necessary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, also listed is chronobiology. That is that humans are biologically sensitive to time. Like, talks about how oh, yeah, politicians give certain types of speeches in the morning, certain types of speeches at night. He says that the goal is not to destroy coherence, but to use this to make operatives more coherent. Shapes is another psychon in that different shapes subconsciously trigger different concepts. A lightning bolt or S shape triggers thoughts of speed or alacrity or Superman and the Anunnaki, as we've learned. Yes. Yeah. Or Elvis. Or Elvis, yeah. Or the Flash or whatever. Yeah. Elvis? Yeah. Do you have a Superman logo? He was into lightning bolts. I never associate lightning bolts with Elvis. Should I? Yeah. I don't know a lot about Elvis. either until... So I do this thing sometimes where I watch a series of movie trailers in a row to get an idea of like, what is the... The general vibe of something? Yeah, the general vibe of the upcoming, you know, um, season of movies. What sort of ideas are being proliferated? What sort of themes? Hmm. And I remember watching a series of trailers when the Elvis movie was coming out. And every single trailer had some variation of like a lightning bolt like in it as a symbol. Interesting. Across multiple trailers. Huh. I kept noticing the lightning bolt coming up, including in the Elvis movie. That's odd. Yeah. I wonder what that means. Speed, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, speed. Thoughts I guess speed. people want um they just want something to happen for Christ's sake. Yeah. All right. So yeah, a trapezoid or block triggers thoughts of a blockage or obstacle is another example. Yeah. All right. Another psychon, atmospheric ionization. A negatively ionized atmosphere induces relaxation, alertness, energy, and a general sense of well-being in humans who breathe it, only as long as they continue to breathe it. By contrast, exposure to a positively charged, positively ionized atmosphere induces lethargy, exhaustion, irritability, and confusion. How do you change the... How do you you impact how ionized the atmosphere is? Ionize the shit. You get an ionizer. That's what those fucking... um, Salt block, salt lamps are supposedly for, but ah. like research doesn't actually do enough of it to do anything. Yeah. But that's the reason for it. Uh, I don't know if the whole thing, it might be some new age shit. I don't know. I didn't really look at it. I don't know. Ionized atmosphere. Yeah. So in a, uh, in a mind war campaign, therefore, it is useful to negatively ionize the atmosphere, not only in the subject geographical area, but in mind war facilities themselves. So he lists like guidelines on where geographically one might find negatively ionized winds to build mind war control centers, like on this side of a mountain range and shit. <laughs> like, mm. yeah. Do you know what it means when air is ionized? I mean, ionized is a charged particle. Yeah. So, um, or is that true? The ionization yeah. of air creates plasma with conductive properties similar to that of metals. Yeah, so it fucks up your electrical system is what he's saying. He's got a big thing for, like, the human body as an electrical system. Mm. Yeah, the main sources of ionization are solar UV radiation. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like electron precipitation, blah, blah, blah. Electricity stuff. Yeah, you can do it with, like, industrial devices and shit. Like, you you can do it with machines. I just don't think that Himalayan... um, Salt lamp? Yeah, I don't think they really work. Not powerful enough. It's it's funny, man. Like, a couple... room full of them. A couple times in this, he like he cites like fucking James Randi. Mm-hmm. If you like, he is one of those guys. Yeah. 
Who else? Maybe he did actually talk to Set. Maybe that's why he has this like cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fucking nerd. I, I, I wrote that too. I forgot that wrote that. You remember this motherfucker says the Egyptian god Set appeared to him and gave him a book called The Book of Coming Forth by Night. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on here, really. Magic is a psychon. And by this, he means sleight of hand magic, stage magic, trickery, specifically mentalism. And again, it's like, yeah, you can do that for sure. You've got EM fields, religion, sex, martial arts, all listed as psychons. Cool. Um, Apparently, magnets can switch off your sense of morality, which is weird. He cites a study, talks about it again, that 2015 interview that they did studies showing like transcranial magnetic resonance can turn off people's sense of morality. Isn't that interesting? Very odd. I should look more into that. Yeah. Don't know if that's true. I have no doubt that it should probably sounds like it sounds like a real ass study. So all this in mind, a mind war control center. And this is from the book too. It's like this modular center in a place, ideally with anionic air bathed in blue light with like subliminal brainwave induction signals all throughout fucking with all the shapes and every facet engineered to be as conductive to solving problems as possible. You know, no hard edges, no, like it's all looks yeah. like a fucking human potential movement nightmare. You know, right. it's, it's Mind War Control Center is the Esalen Institute, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what it would look like. It's a fucking scene and a half and it's bad shit insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it though. Like I want to go there. Yeah, I know. I, need to, like, I bet like it would feel great. I'd never want to leave. I That's the, you yeah. Know? Like it would be a great working environment. Yeah. What's crazy is that, like, I don't know, if he ditched the James Randi attitude, this would probably all be a lot simpler. Yeah. Uh, so that's what happens to PSYOP. PSYOP gets turned into um, Mind Warp branch. Mind mm-hmm. Warp branch. The Special Forces gets turned into the Metaforce branch. The Metaforce. Yeah. I love it. And they need to learn Kung Fu and control of Chi. Mm. The breath. They're the operatives who go in and negotiate with extreme prejudice. <laughs> Someone's no, they, got to. They cooperate with extreme prejudice. The metaphors are the people on the ground trained to be Jedis. And when they encounter a person, they, they go in and reason the shit out of someone. Yeah. They use all the tactics and they fucking get them to cooperate. When they encounter a person they can't reason with, they marginalize or remove that person from the equation. Not by killing them, for God's sakes. That would <laughs> destroy the whole fucking point. That would undermine the operation. They use magic. Like, Mentalism, stage magic. They just fucking Jedi them away. It's like- God bless. I did this once. It was a, one of my absolute proudest moments. I think I've talked about it before on the show is I was at a party deep in the woods on mushrooms. And like, I, I've I've seen a lot of fights. I've gotten my ass kicked a couple of times. Um, you don't, I, ne- like, never. You never, ever want fucking violence to happen. No. Like, it's not cool. It's never good. Like- it's not even a last resort. It's the consequence of the problem not being solved. Yeah. It's an end, not a means. Like, Christ, you. There were these two dudes, this party. I was on mushrooms. You're deep in the woods. Yeah. These two brothers, huge dudes, mm. big boys. <laughs> like, <laughs> couple of big old country Couple of big old country boys. Brothers, um, Evan and Kevin, they were getting into it with each other. It was not going to be good because both of them were known to be violent individuals. No one knew why they were there, but they were. And uh, they, uh, they're they going out and start pushing each other and shit. And everyone like made the circle. They're, the tension, you could feel, you can feel the tension rising. 
yeah, electricity in the air. You're like, this is bad. I was tripping my fucking balls off and I was like in a suit. I had like a bow tie on and shit. It was a fancy dress party in the woods. I had this br- the most brilliant stroke of mushroom genius ever. Yeah. I looked at these two dudes fighting. I looked at my buddy Ray. He is holding a, a big bottle of wine. One of the uh, Rex Goliath giant 47 pound rooster bottles. Mm-hmm. You know the ones? Yeah. You know the ones. Oh, they're bad. Oh, yeah. I said, Ray, give me your wine. And he like thinks I need a drink because bad shit's about to go down. And I t- take a swig and he like goes to grab back from like, No, watch this. He's like, what, what are you going to do? I, I just walk over to these two dudes who are like now actively pushing each other. They're like, they got six inches on me, both of them, and at least like yeah. 150 pounds. They are angry. Yeah, man, you're tall no, too. So. I know. I'm 6'3", dude. Like, they're, these guys are huge. I just walk over to these two assholes. I just go, excuse me, gentlemen. And they just like both turn to me in sync. They stare directly at me. I felt a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. And I just said, gentlemen, have you tried the wine? <laughs> and they just like looked at me, looked at each other, looked back at me. Then one of them reached out, grabbed the bottle, took a big swig, then handed it to his brother, who took a big swig, and no violence ever occurred. Amazing. That was the end. It was Had fucking- divert. I mind warred them. Yeah. I fucking- I did him a mind war. Yeah. <laughs> a little diversion. That's, that's how you mind war. It was beautiful. And that's, that's what the metaphors branch would do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aquino writes- in situations where all attempts at direct, rational convincing fail, the Metaphors branch team next resorts to magic. The essence of magic is the manipulation of the perceptions of the other party so that he first redefines the problem and its issues for himself, then draws conclusions as to the reality and options available based on that redefinition. In short, if the ostensible problem appears to be unsolvable, change it to one which is. In creating such an alternative, the Metaphors branch magician unobtrusively introduces a scenario which addresses the actual problem without seeming to. And this is accomplished not by lying to or deceiving those involved, but by presenting them with impressions that lead them to such interpretations and conclusions by themselves. In action, a Metaphors branch team is invisible. Its members materialize without attracting notice. They work to adjust the situation without seeming to interfere with it. And finally, they disappear just as unobtrusively as they left. The Metaphors branch model is not John Rambo, it is Mary Poppins. That's a sentence that Michael Aquino wrote. It's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. I do too. So the PSYOP branch turns into the Mind War branch and becomes the head of the Mind War military machine. The special forces become the Metaphors branch and act as the hands. And if we're extending the simile of Italian unification further, we need the heart. That would be the civil service branch, which now becomes, appropriately enough, the parapolitics branch. Parapolitics is a funny word. You may have heard it being bandied about more and more in the last six or so years. It's what we conspiracy theorists use now that the dumb fucks ruined the term conspiracy theories. You've, you've probably heard the word parapolitics, Willow. I haven't. Really? Yeah, no, oh, not really. That's what a lot of... A conspiracy theory podcast that isn't going to talk about the cabal, <laughs> they they say parapolitics now. Mm-hmm. A non-QAnon because they don't want to be associated, right? If someone says parapolitics, it means they probably don't believe in the cabal. But most people would still call it conspiracy conspiracy theories. And in fact, like that's what parapolitics has always been used for. It's literally only been used for... People don't want to say they write about conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, actually, but initially, um, the dude who came up with the term in this case was an Indian an Indian political scientist who also happened to be like a founder of a theosophical uh, 
oh, society. Interesting. And it does mean like the shadowy engineering of uh, society towards pre-designed ends, towards a, a, a given Aristos. Well, you can tell that Aquino is definitely very influenced by this dude, but it's essentially a peaceful, it's essentially the same thing, right? Yeah. Like this, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, most people would call it conspiracy theories. Trying to be smart fucks about it. Come on. When I use the term conspiracy theory, I feel ironically like Dale Gribble. When I use parapolitics, <laughs> I feel unironically like Dale Gribble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. Stay unrespectable. It's safer that way. It's true. Yeah. The parapolitics branch could just as easily be called the conspiracy branch because that's what it does. Goes in and helps cure the initial problem by encouraging change towards a moral and sustainable society. Very nice. Uh, Willow, if you will. Yes. Part of the phase two cure involves rebalancing the structure as efficiently and effectively as practical. That is not where the parapolitics branch work stops, however. It is not there just to secure a tenuous utilitarian stability, but rather to continue the identification and inspiration of a positive, inherently reinforcing moral community, a true polis. Police? Police, polis, polis, I don't know. A true I've never been polis. good at uh, pronouncing Greek. Polis. Parapolitics is the twin product of vision and virtue, the former being the benevolent and creative ideas which the stabilized environment makes possible, while the latter reflects the nurturing, careful pragmatism of Machiavelli. Neither means nor ends can be used to excuse the other. Parapolitics, rather, demands their identity. To Mahatma Gandhi, this reflected the law of karma in politics. The end is satya, truth, which requires no justification. The means are ahimsa, nonviolence. This approach presupposes that there is a transcendent morality, mat, or the agathon, to which sincere, altruistic humans may aspire and attain. The dread Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily agree with this. No. It's just not what a dread Satanist would say. Yeah. It's funny to me. Like, I, yeah, it's not my philosophy. It's just... It's not the philosophy of an evil man. It's not. It's really not. It's really fucking not, dude. It's, it's really fucking not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aquino says that the parapolitics branch must be guided by three interlocking, mutually supporting energies. Will, the strength to bring the polis into being. Logos, the conviction and determination to express it openly and honestly. And Eros, deep and sincere sympathy for everyone affected by it. This is written by a man who's seen the horrors of war. Yeah. It is parapolitics branch which is activated to conceive, design, and nurture. Within it, a polis of the highest individual and community morality, what Plato defined as Kaloagathia. Kalo, Kalokagathia. <laughs> Kalokagathia. It's all Greek to me. Yeah. Ah, the key to success in parapolitics is the primal yet insistent and unsuppressible impulse of humanity to be and do the good. Agathon. This is the final refutation of the cold and cruel totalitarianisms which see in humanity only another natural resource to be exploited or eliminated. It further reestablishes the defining principle of, of a morally progressive community that each educated citizen is entitled to a personal formulation of relative truth, which is to be respected, not exploited or suppressed by others. I feel like at this point, it's self-evident that none of this is actionable. None of this yeah. is in any way practical, right? To me, this feels like looking at something Aquino has been wrestling with since Vietnam. Yeah. You know, and we get a little bit a little bit more of that in the last part of the book. 
um, which is the campaign. Last section of the book before the glossary, which is exceedingly fucking long. Uh, by the way, this book is dense. Like, I've condensed so much shit. Here. It's written in a very dense way. Yeah, and there's, like, goddamn philosophy quotes and references up the wazoo. Like, lengthy footnotes on every page. It really is something else. Like, dude clearly put his heart and soul into this, and I have to respect it. So, Mind War goes down now. Aquino again states that... Utopian appeals for an end to war, whether by international organization, statesmen's philosophers or artists are abundant, eloquent, and futile. The impulse to it is too strong and pervasive throughout all human cultures and affairs. A natural state of war, almost famously observed by Thomas Hobbes. Mind war, accordingly, does not seek to eliminate this war impulse, but rather to divert it from a physical to a mental battlefield. The tensions, emotions, and drives remain. The physical destruction of the earth, its resources, and its living beings does not. Honestly, I dig it. yeah, I, I dig it as like, you know, on a grand scale, never going to happen, but it could be you could personally implement it. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it's, it's yes. Yeah, you can personally uh, implement it. Yeah. Honestly, it'd be too boring to go through all this step by step again. Some things in here I do want to highlight. Though. Phase zero, again, is identifying all destabilizing factors. List is complete when the removal of these factors would result in stability. Next, the removal of all factors that would provoke physical war. And there's a lengthy list that includes drum beating, repressed populations, degradation of the individual, emotion arousing acts of violence or terrorism, etc., etc. Tellingly, however, is what he puts first on that list, which is, quote, paramilitary operations under the guise of intelligence. So phase zero, you cease intelligence work. And he he writes, uh, Willow, will you do the honest? Intelligence normally refers to the gathering and explaining of information about a problem situation, including information which the participants don't want known. The atmosphere of secrecy in which intelligence collection efforts occur, however, has led to various agencies extending their activities into clandestine active measures such as paramilitary combat, kidnapping, and assassination. While the temptation to meddle in another nation's internal affairs is understandable, such activities violate the principle of national sovereignty and destroy the intruder's image as an open and honest international participant. Intelligence must be limited to intelligence. Interesting. Quit fucking around. Yeah, because I've always thought of Aquino as the intelligence guy. Yeah. Unless he's lying his ass off, which I don't think he is, because I think he's a weird nerd that believes what he's saying. It's fucking interesting. So you've identified the problem, prescribed the care, you get to work. And remember how I said that this ridiculous-ass command center is literally in the book? Yeah. Yeah, go for it, go for it. The encapsulation is from an environment, not a privileged access standpoint. The contracted or constructed facility should permit Mind War Branch to implement and continue a completely controlled Psycon atmosphere, such that anyone within it is subjected to every possible calming, cooperative, optimistic, and creative stimulus, and shielded from all possible negative, disruptive, exhaustive, and stress-inducing ones. The entire complex is, for instance, bathed in alpha brainwave radiation and complementary magnetic fields. Its air conditioning is negatively ionized. The color red appears nowhere, where the color blue, while the color blue predominates. Sharp angular lines and objects are eliminated or minimized. This psychon preconditioning is neither cosmetic nor trivial. It is a precisely constructed conditioning of the mental processes of all within the mind war mind war center to enhance their chances for cooperative success in the campaign. 
Additionally, while none of these mind war branch controls is clandestine, they should all be inconspicuous as possible, so that awareness of or curiosity concerning them does not divert participants' attention from the campaign at hand. And this is a war, remember, some involuntary psychons will be used. Uh, while the Mind War Command protest, Mind War Command, there's so many acronyms in this, which is why we're fucking it up. Because he just like, he doesn't write Mind War Command, he just writes MWC right mm-hmm. next to MWB. Huh. While the Mind War Command participants are working towards the Aristos and Polis realizations, Mind War Branch extends the Psycon atmosphere within the Mind War Command facility to the entire situation area as fully as technology and opportunity permit. This may include use of all EMS media impacting the area to transmit alpha brain waves. Uh, may be enhanced by various weather control measures such as cloud seeding for the negative ions. Locales identified as especially susceptible to outbreaks of violence may be measured for disruptive EMFs and any such detected violence neutralized by either eliminating the source, as in nearby power lines or unshielded EM generators, or counterbalanced by directed EMFs. Yeah. Clearly the most evil shit I've ever heard. They're going to mind control us into getting along with each other. And tell them and, and tell you you're do, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Be like, hey, I just want you to succeed. This is for your own good. This is for everyone's own good. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, how evil. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, honestly, some <laughs> let of us sh- fail. Here's the thing. Let if, me fight. If, if any of this shit was actually implemented, yeah. it wouldn't be nearly so touchy feely. Yeah. And it would, in fact, be evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's not how he's envisioning it. Involved, it would become evil so quickly. Yes. He writes, uh, obviously, psychons extend only so far into a situation of human unrest where physical privations of nourishment, safety, health, and cultural lifestyle exist. uh, Metaphors branch teams work with all available local, national, non-governmental organization and United States assets to cooperate towards the Aristo stabilization. Feed the hungry. Fucking clothe the poor. Take care of the sick. Like uh, You got to do that too. But above all, Aquino writes that the United States must be completely and open, completely open and transparent about everything it's doing. That's not going to happen. It's naive as fuck. I sort of agree that if it were possible, it would work, but I don't think it's possible. Anyway, Aquino gives this, I think, good summary of how a mind war would look to an observer. Where the United States mind war forces are concerned, their victory is also invisible. All three of them appear, function, then disappear between the raindrops, particularly Mind War Branch, whose mental manipulations are significantly subconscious. What Mind War participants see is ostensibly a U.S.-hosted conference in which a constructive compromise, previously elusive, somehow materializes to everyone's adequate, if not complete, satisfaction. At the conference's conclusion, The parties return home to a coincidentally less violent situation than the one they left a short time earlier, inspired by a number of new options for revitalizing their precarious social structures. And then he concludes with a short essay about how the political philosophies of Machiavelli have been catastrophically misunderstood. And it ends like this. Um, Willow, would you take it away? If the reach is ambitious, so are the stakes which, as reviewed in Chapter 1, are human and material costs near or at unendurable extremes. Left to drift into the increasingly more dangerous currents of physical war, not just the United States, but the planetary population generally faces a dim and discouraging future. Indeed, far more lethal and terminal than anything George Orwell conjectured 
when the worst thing he could imagine were three authoritarian but stable superstates. Mind War is the secret of Captain Nemo's Nautilus. No longer a monster to be feared, but the crucible of Calocagathia? Calocagathia. Yeah, peaceful, perfect society. Crucible of Calocagathia. The society oriented towards the good. Yeah. So that's Michael Aquino's Mind War. God, the Nine of Pentacles is such a... It's so perfect. Yeah. It's so like, fucking In perfect. the Rider Waite deck, there's a little snail yeah. card, which I think is like just perfect. Because also Nine, you know, the Council of Nine, Temple of, of course, has yep. Nine. Um, also Completion. The, the snail, you know, slow and steady. Wins are, it's... Slow, methodical. It's also Venus, Venus and Virgo. Yeah. So it's like this, you know, loving, creative and harmonious micromanagement and organization and shit. Yes, very uh, hardworking. Care of the individual parts. Yes. You know, it's it's a perfect card for w- what the the idealism implied by the book Mind War represents. Do you know what it like? Yeah. The, the nine of, of pentacles is Aquino's... Um, Peaceful fucking hippy dippy bullshit ideal world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do I will say though that while this is Aquino's set of organ like organizing these principles and shit, he's not the only motherfucker who's thought of things like this. Oh yeah. Far from it. Right. But he is the only one that's been accused of satanically <laughs> yeah. really abusing children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonder if he pissed off in the intelligence community somehow. Oh my God, maybe. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's the thing. Like, CIA did learn a lot from MKUltra. We've learned a lot from psychology. Bad people have learned the same shit that Michael Aquino could learn. He didn't have privileged yeah. access to information. And so I think that that's the thing that terrifies me about this book is that like someone could do it less naively. Mm-hmm. And for which only means someone for could do more, mind war for bad much easier than doing mind war for good. Oh, yeah. Much, much easier. You would never be able to conduct a truly effective mind war, but I don't think they care about that since the whole military industrial complex and mm-hmm. profit shit is still going strong. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't think Michael Aquino is the dude I thought he was. Not at all. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, I could be wrong, obviously. Like, I don't this is. I mean, Just I the hate first to thing say I've it, but at it. I'm kind of coming out of this like liking the dude. Yeah, and maybe yeah. I'll read something that makes me not like him. But at this point, I'm like, okay, I can dig it. Yeah, and and I I, I always do have a respect for like military dudes that don't like that don't see glory in war. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That yeah. see it as a problem to be solved and not conducted, versus dying for your country is the greatest fucking thing. Right. You know, I respect that. That's that's a moral stance to have. Especially if you want to be the dude who's also in the shit. Like, it's a dirty job, but someone has to do it because I know I can handle it. Like, that's that's respectable. Yeah. You know? Dude was a PSYOP guy for, like, decades and decades and decades, though. He sure was. Yeah, like, he didn't, like, retire in the 80s and shit. Like, he, decades. Career military man. So, there might be some fucking skeletons in his closet that I don't know about. There might be more shit. I don't know. I don't like that I feel like I have to justify it either. Do you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it is a thing like it is he's a universally suspicious character. And of course, reading one book by him doesn't should not make me not suspicious. Stay suspicious. Yeah. Right. Always stay a little. Always stay a little fucking suspicious, paranoid. 
Not only is it safer, it's more fun that way. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got for this week, though. Well, that was great. Yeah. Well, that was very informative. He really is a perfect nonsense, bizarre character. Yeah. And so I he'll, be, he'll be back. I find the whole phase system very interesting as a problem solving. Yeah. 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 It's it's an interesting fucking book. Uh, I do recommend going and at least checking out the uh, the pamphlet from Psyop to Mind War. Yep. Um, yeah. And if you like what we do, fucking join the Patreon. $5 a month. Nonsense bizarre. Patreon.com slash Nonsense Bazaar. Get access to our cool Discord. Our cool Discord, our bonus episodes. It keeps us ad free. It really helps. And we really appreciate it. And also follow us on social media. Give us a rating and review. Fucking stay paranoid. And uh, don't let your eyebrows look like that. <laughs> and if they do, send us a picture. Yeah, or just fucking go for it. But you might get accused of uh, satanic ritual abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys. Take care. Peace out. Peace out.